start off every show with the granola bar store. You just enjoyed a delicious yeah. oats and honey. Both of them. I don't know how they, I don't know how they fit them all in there, but yep. yes. Oats and honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember. Which was also my favorite uh, soul duo from the 1970s. I think. Philadelphia sound. Yeah. 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 Uh, TSOP. Yep. TSOP. When I first got glasses like seven years ago, I hated it. I didn't know how to like manage glasses. So I had them like just on top of my head like this. And I was at work and I was enjoying a nice little package of granola bars. And of course, granola bars, Chip, they always, they always crumble, right? So you always have a good amount of crummy granola goodness in the bottom of the package. Leftovers. Yep. So what I did is I leaned back and I, I went to put them, held them in the air so they would drop into my mouth. And as I leaned back, they came into my mouth. That worked well. That was really good and delicious. But my glasses, because my head went back so far, my glasses fell behind me. And then in my haste to get them, I rolled over my brand new pair of glasses with my rolling chair. Oh, no. So because of my piggish behavior, because I needed to get every last bit of granola goodness, I destroyed a, like a, I destroyed like a $150 pair of glasses. It was my first pair of glasses. And then ever since then, Chip, these bad boys, $22 Beautiful. at Bath and Beyond. That's all I need. I am coming up on one year of being a, a glasses being wearer. Complete and friggin' nerd. I know, big four eyes. And I, I have, I, to my, to, I mean, they're just reading glasses, so it's not yeah, like I need them too. all the time. But I have miraculously not broken them, which I'm, I'm just shocked because I had, when I was in fifth, this is a terrible story. This is not a granola. Can we go off granola talk for a moment? Sure. Hey, we'll, go, this, go, we'll end the granola talk. Go into glasses chat. Mm-hmm. Class chat. When I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. I had an eye doctor has said, Chip, you have what we call stigmatism. Mm-hmm. You need to wear glasses when you're in school. There's no stigma you, to that, Chip. Just do it. There is no stigma or an ism to it. Mm-hmm. This is this is the late 80s when glasses weren't cool like they are now. No. They were those big plastic ones. Mm-hmm. I wore glasses fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Okay. Now, the, it was three days into me having glasses. And the go- doctor told me, he told me, he's like, don't keep closing them and opening them and putting them in the case because that will wear on them. If you can just have a flat surface like your desk, just lay them flat on your desk when you're not using them because mm-hmm. you don't need them when you're not reading that type of thing. So I said, great. And I was a very nervous, responsible kid. One morning in fifth grade, before the bell rang, I set them on my desk very carefully. And all the kids are walking around chit-chatting, doing our morning routine. I was talking to my teacher because I was a nerd. And when I got back, (laughs) my glasses were still on the desk, but there was a big crack right through the middle of them. And there were some other boys horsing around. Oh, no. One of them accidentally knocked it off the... uh, the desk and cracked my glasses nobody ever owned up to it i think i know who it was but i'm not going to name names but i had to bring them home and my dad was furious with yeah me. and i didn't do it. it it wasn't my fault and it was terrible i only had glasses for three days and then they had to buy a new pair yep and then i here i was so nervous about wearing them plus i hated them that i barely ever wore them but like i would still have to the teachers would be like they would call home like my sixth yeah. seventh grade teacher would be like he's not wearing his glasses so i had to be the dork with glasses snitch when i was in eighth grade jeff my eye doctor retired we got a new eye doctor we went to this woman she checked my eyes and she's like <laughs> wait oh, she's like, you wear glasses <laughs> i was like yeah she's like 
She's like, for what? And my dad was like, he's got astigmatism. And she's like, let me ask you, did you go to Dr. Greenfield? <laughs> and he was like, yes. He's like, you're like the 10th kid that's come in here. He, this guy was about to retire and wanted to make a bunch of money. So he made me go through middle school. Oh, the worst of bitch. time yeah. of your life yeah. to wear glasses, to be a glasses wearer, never needed them. Didn't you also die because you got stung by a bee and you were allergic and then you were laying in your coffin? And then your best friend said, who was a girl, his, a girl at the time, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, something about he needs his glasses. He needs he can't his glasses. See with the glasses. He can't yeah. see without his glasses. And it really brought my, my funeral to a sort of yeah. a hysterical, but sad mm -hmm. closing. Okay. I'm just glad they're able to revive you. Yeah. Yeah. Witchcraft. And then, witchcraft. I think it was, I think it was witchcraft. They revived me. And then I got lost in New York at Christmas. So due to your parents <laughs> negligence, mm -hmm. you had a weird childhood, man. Really, really negligent parents. Yeah, man. And you could have just, well, the doctor probably died soon after due to bad karma. Your, your optometrist, whatever. I'm um, hoping so. And that's why, by the way, that was really his name. And I don't mind naming names because what a terrible person. Oh my God. I'm assuming he'd be dead by now. That was 30. That was 30 years ago. And you know what? Let me just talk to our retiring. lawyer. Just yeah. make sure we're allowed to use his name. Yeah, I really go don't. to uh, junk miles lawyers. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to, um, I don't want to get sued again by a, yep. uh, 122 year old, uh, ophthalmologist. Optometrist. Opt yep. <laughs> There's like three different you have optometrist, ophthalmologist, and an op optom optometrist, ophthalmologist, and an opti optis optician. optician. Optician's yes. just a guy who like makes glasses for you, like, okay. at, like a, you know, mall kiosk or store. Mm -hmm. And then the other two are like, eye doctors actual doctors and by the way like that's one of those things where i'm just a nerdy person and i'm like i'm gonna learn the three because i love words i love mm -hmm. vocabulary and there's been many times in my life where i've actually sat down looked at those three words and yeah. been like okay this is the guy that makes the glasses yep. this is the guy that checks your eyes this is whatever to this day still can't remember which 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 is which you know it'd be good if you're an optometrist and you want to like get some young like kids and like optometrist prime, right? Oh, okay. So, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have a motif of like a transformer motif. Yeah. Just something cool. Like the little kids would be like, yeah, I'm wearing glasses, but like it's transforming me into a, uh, like a cool kid. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm spitballing here, Chip. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, Hey kids, you want a glaucoma test, you know, to make it cool. And then it's like, Oh, it's a glaucoma test that turns into a race car. Yeah, 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 something fun like that, just to get kids so. fully involved and mm -hmm. uh, spreading the word. Like, yeah. guys, at recess, you know, they're running around playing, like, dodgeball. Then he just stops. Like, guys, did I tell you I had the coolest optometrist? And they're like, hey, do tell. Let's sit yeah. down and talk about this. Yeah, that's to get into the eyewear trade early. But, okay, Jeff, if you could be any kind of doc, because, okay, first of all, not mm -hmm. going medical school. Never no. did. Mm -mm. Uh, that was actually one thing my I remember my father, a very inf inf uh, infinite wisdom, was like, you, don't be a doctor. Because like most people are like, you should be a yeah. doctor. Like that's because that's the big thing. He's like, it's a pain in the ass. And sure, you'll make money, but it's just, a, you know, whatever. And I, yeah. I had no interest anyway. But if you had to be, let's say you could go to school for like a year and just become a doctor. Mm -hmm. What kind of doctor would you be? Probably a witch doctor. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This seems think, fun. Yeah, that definitely that definitely seems. <laughs> I don't know. I'd do like the lowest. Here's what I'd do, Chip. I would do the lowest uh, percentage of me killing someone. So I'd be like a, a podiatrist. 
right. like a foot doctor. Mm-hmm. There's very but, little chance. I mean, I'll mess up yeah. like any job. I'll mess up with one patient. And what's the worst? They have corns. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Well, actually, I will say my family podiatrist uh, <laughs> killed 13 people. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but that was he. Uh, it was it was a it was a knife attack. He was just oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't. He was yeah. a good podiatrist though. He was great podiatrist. Never killed yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. on the table. Never yeah. killed anybody on the table. <laughs> just just lost it one night after a hard day of s- smelling feet and looking yeah. at feet. You know what? But you know what the only the, thing that could put people in a, a good mood after that traumatic story. Was that inviting in our guests, ladies oh. and gentlemen? Let's admit the guest. This is one of the most exciting. This is like Christmas morning every time we get to admit a guest. Yes. Wouldn't you say you see their name appear yep. and then, you and know, then pretty you soon them. you'll see a yep. big smile. We see their name and it's hopefully every, all the listeners right now are rolling their drums as we speak. He's Who could it be? Who could be off. their special guest? Who could be great movie recommendation. They're all thinking, yeah. oh, oh my God. I think we see. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All righty then. Oh. <laughs> He's coming in hot already. Whoa. That voice for the listener right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is here. The man of a thousand faces, James Carrey. I'd like to apologize for being an asshole on the man on the moon set. Uh, I want to apologize for doing that. I There was no reason for me to go that far into character. Don't worry. You got a spotless mind now. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, to, to, to the listener out there, this man that we're bringing on is not, un, un, unfortunately, but fortunately, is not actor and comedian Jim Carrey. Mm. Uh, he's a very special friend of ours. Uh, we're very excited. It's a big get, guys. We, mm-hmm. It's a big get, isn't it, Jeff? I'd mm-hmm. like to introduce our guest right now. Our guest is a stand-up comedian and writer who has appeared on Comedy Central and ABC. Ever heard of them? Mm. He tours the country doing his stand-up routines he can be regularly heard on The Cracked, The Daily Zeitgeist, and The Todd Glass Show podcast. His critically acclaimed stand-up comedy recordings, The Blake Album, Stuffed Boy, Live from the Pandemic, and A Lifetime of Laughter, all debuted at numero uno on iTunes and Amazon comedy charts. And his album, 12 Years of Voicemails, from Todd Glass to Blake Wexler, charted on Billboard. Finally, unfortunately, he mm. passed away on Halloween day of 1926 when being punched in the stomach by a fan, but he comes back every year to haunt us. Blake Wexler, Woo! how are you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. Amelia Earhart did punch me in my stomach in 1926, and I don't know if that was her ghost. I don't know when she passed away or when her window of success was, but I would imagine it was right around. Right Maybe around that's then. why she skipped town. Maybe it was, yeah. That she was a right sister, if you know what I mean. <laughs> she, yes, she was. Yes, she was not um, a wrong sister. Thank you guys for having me. It's so good to see you. Yeah, uh, good to see you. We're very excited to have you, Blake. Of course. Well, it's good to be here. Yeah, we're uh, and we're more excited. Here's Blake. I got to tell you one thing right up front. When we That's invite fine. A, when we invite a guest on, back and forth, all the machinations that go on behind the scenes. It's very, you know, our agents, their agents, and we're like, all right, can we nail down a movie? And, they, mm-hmm. and they're excited. They're like, they usually give us three or four movies. And we say, listen, check the list already. We've mm-hmm. done that movie. We've yeah. done Lost Boys. We've done UHF. We've done Rad. Rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have done uh, Twins. Twins. I wish sure. we, we haven't yet. Twins. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. But we've done but, a lot of great ones. We've done a lot of great ones. And I think 
when you came in, when you came in hot, as Chip said, mm-hmm. you came in with a movie that absolutely no one asked about, Mm-mm. even gave a hint about. Yeah. Did not seem to even know it existed. But you, Blake, and that's the thing I like about you. You're a mm-hmm. fun guy. You like fun oh. things. And not like normal things that everybody likes. You like you know, a particular set of things, correct? It, that is correct. It has, uh, you know, been, I would say, an obstacle in both my career and social life, uh, my specific interests, and and not in that order. But um, yeah, no, uh, when Chip brought up, uh, hey, just think of a movie maybe from your childhood, I believe was one yep. of the yes. uh, one of the prompts. This was the one that I thought of immediately. And it's I don't I'm even sh- think I finished the word childhood. <laughs> no. And he, no. he shouted this title at me. <laughs> you said child, and I was like, yes. uh, I got one. Yep. Um, but uh yeah, no, this movie was one of my favorite movies. And I think I was allowed to watch it when I was very young, probably too young. And I'm curious because you both watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I this movie is still in my mind as if I watched it yesterday, but it's through the lens of a like a 10 year old boy, you know? Okay. So yeah. um, like most comedies, it's it could go one way or another with how well it's aged, you know? Some have aged so well and others it's like, oh boy, we stopped using that word 20 years ago, <laughs> you know? So um, I'm interested to hear what you think about it. But yeah, this was, uh, I like this one more than the first one. This is actually one of the only sequels I like more than the Ridge. Now, did you, did you watch this movie recently? Uh, I've seen it within the past like five, six years. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If and I had to fr- put it, it's fresh in it. my mind, Chip. Fresh in your mind. Fresh in my. I I watched it this afternoon. Watched uh, it I was this afternoon. For, for the first time ever. Yeah. Ooh. Never, never saw it before for the first time. Nature ever. calls virgin, huh, Chip? Because you know yes. most people have mm-hmm. have. Yeah, Jeff, had, had you seen it before? Oh God, no, no, not even. <laughs> I was. I think when it came out, I had my first wife and kids. I was too busy even. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were changing um, diapers. I, we actually haven't even said the name of the film, have we? We have Jeff? not yet. I think that's that's been a suspense. L- that ladies I, and I, gents, we're talking East Ventura when nature calls with Blake Wexler. Let me give you some movie stats, guys. 1995. This is a comedy adventure. Mm-hmm. The one box that it does tick, Blake, that we love. Chip and I love nothing more than a movie being an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect time, perfect amount of time for a comedy. So that's that's a plus. Let's see, Rotten Tomatoes, 25%. Not a lot of fans out there. Um, it's out like, of what, 100? Is that what we're working with? Is that <laughs> yes. what? It's oh, not okay. out of 25, Blake. I'm it's sorry. Shit, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, rank number 26 out of Jim Carrey's best rated movies. He has 28. <laughs> wait, wait. It, it was rated 26 out of 28. Jim Ranked number 26. Do uh, you happen to know what the other the two below it were they're not rated well in general his movies like a lot of them are in the 60s i think yeah he hasn't had any like you know critical ratings that are pretty high except for like spotless mind and truman show Mm -hmm. um there's a budget of 30 million dollars for this film box office (laughs) it went box office bonkers with 212 million dollars back in the day to adjust that for today's terms, I have no idea. I'm not a friggin' math geek. <laughs> no, you know? no need. Yeah, no. To give you an idea, Pet Detective, the original, $15 million budget, $107 million. 
So this did uh, much more box office, twice as much as the original. And one last fun fact about this movie. I said it had a budget of 30 million. 15 million of that went to Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, if, if you think about it, it makes sense because, I mean, it was a sequel, so I guess, which actually I would imagine how he earned half of the budget of the movie, but this he's the only star mm-hmm. in the cast. And I, I'm not sure if you're going to go through the the, the people yeah. in it. I don't, I don't want to step in. Then, then, then no. by all means. No, you're right. Oh, I think, okay. oh I, I guess I guess Blake has forgotten Maynard Iziashi and Bob Gunton. Oh, the great, the late great Bob Gutton. I'm assuming he's dead. Um, but is he? Wait, is he dead? He no, no, the, I, I don't know that. He is the. Uh, he was the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Oh wow! Oh. Uh, let's see. Is he still? Is he still? He is still with us. He was born Thank in. God. He was born Thank in God. 1945. He is currently 76 years young. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it makes me feel better about the movie. Mm-hmm. Blake, what what we'd like to do is we like to set the stage. You said you were young, a young 10-year-old Blake Wexler. Mm-hmm. Set the stage for us. Where were you when you first saw it? Where it was, you know, where you, your family, they're like, Blake, we're going to let you watch this movie. You're a little young for it, but, you know, let's just go ahead and watch it. Or did you sneak it? What, what, what happened? So uh, my parents were always very cool with what I watched, if it was comedy. So if mm-hmm. it was like, horror you know drama they were more strict with that but with comedy they were pretty much cool with everything and same boat yep yeah which is i I think kind of informs who we are as people i would imagine (laughs) you know to a point but uh my my parents still won't let me let me watch dramas to this i've never seen a drama movie i don't know what they're like they're they're dramatic and too dramatic i would say and (laughs) <laughs> I don't, you you wouldn't know either way. I would imagine. Ask, so, here, here, I, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Pick put put a drama movie in your head right now, Blake. Okay, all right. And ask me what the plot of tell me the movie and ask me what the plot is. Go okay. Uh, um, we've got a uh, an Irish guy in Boston. Um, a whole bunch of stars in it. Microprocessors, whatever they are, have been stolen. Men are being pushed off roofs. Okay, we got an undercover cop. <laughs> the all mask. Right. Yeah, the that mask. Is cor- that is correct. Okay. <laughs> that is exactly correct. <laughs> and remember when that dog put on the mask? That was insane, right? <sighs> um, By the way, I, I don't yeah. get too far off topic, but I will. God I forbid. S- I saw the mask, and I'm dating myself here. And speaking mm-hmm. of dating, I went to. It was one of my first dates. I went on a date to see the movie The Mask in the movie theater. And my favorite part to this day, my favorite part of the movie, The Mask, it's the only time I've ever seen the movie. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of the movie, The Mask, was the trailer for Dumb and Dumber that I saw before it. <laughs> but it was by far the Amazing. best part of that movie. Yeah. So I, I heard. Sorry. No, no, no. Of course. And before I move on, I heard they're making a remake of The Mask starring Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh <laughs> So to answer your question, Jeff, um, I, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out who that character is that I just did, and it's still no more clear to me that it was a few minutes ago. No but, need for explanation. We yeah. love him. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> it's, a, it's a guy named Chris Carroll. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the floor is yours. <laughs> so the first time I saw this was we had a very tiny TV like in our living room. I would imagine if this came out in 1995, I probably saw it in 19, 
1998, maybe. And we had a very small TV in our like living room where we would eat. And we had a much bigger television downstairs. But for some reason, we'd very often just watch TV while we were eating on the tiny TV because I guess that carpet could get messed up with food and the one downstairs was newer. Um, But yeah, it was a VHS, uh, put in the VHS thing, watched it on the tiny TV. And it was the laughter that I had and I think this is why it was so appealing to a to a child, which may not be the. That's probably why I got a twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes because adults right. generally, uh, you know, review it. But if it was given to children, it would be significantly higher. You can you can quote me on that. But yeah. uh, the laughter of the physical comedy in this is whether you, no matter how highbrow you are it's it's unlike anything you'll ever see in your entire life of his head bouncing off the drums you know like and and there's that famous scene that we'll talk about when he's being birthed um (laughs) it's he he does these things that are it's unreal and i've never seen another performer be able to do what he does so as a child you know, references are going to go way over my head. But if you see a guy doing physical still, uh, physical, and by the way, I've seen it since I was 10. Yes. <laughs> so I don't want you to think, but um, yeah, it was, uh, I just remember laughing in a way. I think the only other time I laughed like that was when Fat Bastard came out um, when I was younger, like for the first time. And that, mm-hmm. that blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. Were you, uh, do you have siblings, your parents, you watch it together or was this just a solo you? We watched it during a home invasion and and the invaders put it on. No, it was uh, my mom, my dad, and I would imagine my sister would not have been allowed to watch it or she was in the room but had an activity to do. So she was not like actively watching it. So, yeah, I did watch it with my with my parents. That's awesome. That's the thing. Like so many fond memories of you just losing your marbles at like the first movie or TV show that you really found funny. Mm-hmm. And then your parents experiencing that with you. Like I have kids who are teens and it's weird what you see, what they find extremely funny. And then automatically you're like, Oh, I get it because I remember a similar thing when you were that age. And Do it's one remember something specific, Jeff, that your one of your daughters like really picked up on. <sighs> Maybe just like some slapstick or Jane Campion's the piano. Okay, yeah, that has its that has its that has its funny moments. It really do, it it really does. I mean, it was that's an a Oscar good one. Winner, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I got a question for both of you. Were you fans of Jim Carrey's stand-up? Like, you're he's obviously he predates you, but did you go back and look at Jim Carrey doing stand-up when he was young? He was on Comedy Central back then when they would do clips of like, um, because to me, he wasn't really a true stand-up. He was an impressionist who tied some kind of flimsy jokes together. And he seemed to be like one of the first guys next to like old school Frank Gorsham who would do like, hey guys, uh, do you know who, you know, like me to introduce Jack Nicholson and do the reveal, you know, and then like <laughs> do the Jack Nicholson impression. I don't remember if he was doing that as a joke, as like a nod to old comedians, or that was just part of his shtick. Because he literally would turn around and then come with the character and the face and everything. Right, yeah. Um, I don't remember, like I think I remember seeing him after the fact of doing stand-up. I just remember being such a fan of his from In Living Color, because In Living okay. Color came out when I was in middle school. 
And that just hit between Homie the Clown and Jim Carrey, Fire Marshal Bill, all, right. all the stuff that he did. That just blew my mind, which was basically, honestly, very similar to his stand-up, I think, because he was basically doing characters. So when he's yeah. doing Fire Marshal Bill, that's basically just him almost a Now, monologue. Blake, someone who also does pretty much 90% characters yeah, yes. in your live so, set, what's your take? Very flimsy no, jokes yeah, that you uh, tie together. Yeah, though that thank you for saying that I tie them together because it's a loose knot uh for yeah. sure. It is a precarious <laughs> precarious piece of string. Um no it, it's interesting of the it's not a um it's not chronological my uh experience with Jim Carrey in that I didn't be I wasn't aware that he did stand up Are you until, a better, are you do you have like that Benjamin Button disease? Mhm. Mm He's going the other way, Chip. Where you just get younger and younger. And you I have Benjamin zippers, uh, <laughs> and, and that it goes. My age uh, rapidly goes up and down, faster, um, depending. Faster, faster. Yes. It goes, <laughs> yep. And YKK made me. <laughs> That's the name of the brand, right? I don't yeah, know why you had me on. Sure. So, yeah. um, I, um, so to answer that, I. Uh, I wasn't aware that Jim Carrey did stand up, I think, until maybe two or three years ago when I was watching wow. the Comedy Store documentary. Yeah. And then, of course, I started looking up more clips because I did know he was in uh, in Living Color and was great in it. And I obviously have like a big you know, place in my heart for him and his movies from like watching them since I was a child. But uh, his stand up, I was able to view as a fully fledged comedic human being who's been in comedy for a while and i could not have hated it more like it <laughs> i absolutely and you know it, you can be the most talented person in the world he he was just starting but clearly was a weird thing that you know when you put it on stage in hollywood people are gonna be like oh my god we can do so much with whatever this is but it's just not stand there's a reason why he's not doing stand up, stand -up anymore, anymore you know yeah. Uh, but yeah, as a stand-up, I'm like, oh, this is everything I hate about it. <laughs> um, and but it, that's it's just a different skill set. Like you see why he became a famous actor, an incredible physical performer, and you know the success that he is. Yeah. Can I just tell you something amazing? Mm -hmm. yes. 1994, when when Pet Detective came out, in the same year, Pet Detective, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber, all three movies. Whoa, that's incredible. Is that mind blowing? He was just he was just everywhere. Do you want your more mind blowns? Or are you guys okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. impossible. I, mean, I, I don't know if Blake can handle it. I'll, I'll try. Here we go. That was 94. 95, Ace Ventura and Batman Forever. 96, Cable Guy. 97, Liar Liar. 98, Truman Show. 99, Man on the Moon, Me, Myself, and Irene. 2000, <gasps> out of breath. How the Grinch Stole <laughs> Christmas. That was a insane run, 94 to 2000. Not a break. And, no. and these are heavy lifts for an actor, too. It's oh. not like he's in one or two, you know, or yep. in half of the scenes. He's in every single one of these scenes doing, yep. you know, incredibly physical comedy or, you know, uh, later on, very emotional. You know, like the cable guy role was insane. So, yeah. Yeah, it was very. Are there? Do you have a favorite out of those, Chip? Or I, I think maybe just going back to the time. I'm sure there's better movies. I, like mm -hmm. I know now that the Cable Guy is so amazing. Like at the time, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should. I, I liked it, but I didn't appreciate it as much. Um, I, I it would be it would go back and forth. I know which one's a better movie. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I do love the original Ace Ventura, but I think Dumb and Dumber is is mine. How about yeah. how about you? 
it's it's so it's this one it, yeah. i really do and and i forgot to mention this earlier as a kid i loved animals also i was obsessed oh, right. with you know the the serengeti and you know like just you know, going to the zoo was actually I, I was just about to say going to the zoo is one of my favorite things it wasn't i just liked reading about animals i just yeah. couldn't <laughs> think of a second thing so i said i like yeah. going to the zoo I like it's going not to the zoo. yeah it's not true um still isn't but uh yeah just seeing you know these scenes with when he's in the room surrounded by the taxidermied heads and is doing that like like just that scene it's it's so it's so good so that was another reason why i love this movie is i really liked animals and he was an activist in the movie he was an animal Mm -hmm. rights activist and you know he was on the right side of history is what i'm saying he was on the right side of history do you know in the in the filming of the movie with all those animal heads in that one scene they were all fake none of them were real animal heads they made sure of that yes the people and people involved in the production of the movie didn't want to be like you know those kind of those kind of guys if you know what i'm saying (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Like if, if you had to, getting back to you each, you each get this amazing gig, right? Your managers are like, guys, headlining, got a great place. The crowd's great. They're, they just love comedians. But the only catch is they need you each to do at least one impression, one good impression, celebrity impression. So you can do your whole set, but you just got to seamlessly throw in and you literally have to do where you, you turn your back and then you're like, who are we doing, guys? Chip? Um, I would probably say I, I think he's he's my favorite actor, and I think he's just so well known for his impression. How Dr. about I Fauci? Dr. Fauci Dr. Fauci. Um, can I can I can I do it for you real quick? Please. I, I'd love to. Okay, here here's my impression, and you tell me who this is. Okay. Hold on. Just I, I give you have to give me a second. So for the listener, I'm I am turning my back and and getting ready mm-hmm. here. Here we go. Okay. What are you trying to say? Do you know who that is? I don't know. Uh, it's, Richard Dreyfus. It's, it's it's Bob Gutton, my, my favorite actor. <laughs> from uh, he's my favorite actor. He's from Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Ah, from yes, Ace, yeah, yeah. From Ace Ventura, When Nature yep. Calls, nice. etc. Yeah. How about you? How about you, Blake? <laughs> And you can't do it, can't be gotten. It has to be somebody different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't you be can't do Bob Gutton. Yeah. We can't have two Bob Gutton. Be like, oh we my God, have- did you? Could you? And I've, could you imagine me like, boy, that one comedian was really funny. Did you see his Bob Gutton impression? <laughs> Mine would be probably stand up comedian Ant. Um, <laughs> would probably be what it is. No, it would be Dolly Parton. Uh, I, I'm just. <laughs> It's I do the same impression for both, to be completely honest. Oh, well, yeah. It, 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 yeah. Do- it dovetails well. It really oh. does. Yeah. Doves Jeff. do cry. <laughs> yes, they do. Jeff, <laughs> would you do it? What would you, if, if I said you have to do an impression, I'm quitting the podcast unless you do an impression each night. Oh, my God. That's, that's really good. It'd probably be uh, Eric Neese from the first season of Real World. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great pick. Something, something that most people just <laughs> automatically know and feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'd have to work on it a little bit. I'm not going to do it now, but uh, maybe yeah. next. Guys, the be- one of the best things about this movie is Jim Carrey in no way whatsoever wanted to do this movie. This was hmm. the last thing he wanted to do. He became a little famous, well, very famous with the original, but he wanted to move on. And that's why he demanded that, that high price, that $15 million payday. He was contractually obligated. That's the reason. That's the real reason he had mm-hmm. to do it. He signed on for two, probably 
thought, hey, if this does well, I'd love to do another one. What else is going to mm-hmm. be around? Sure. Um, his his Dumb and Dumber co-star, Jeff Daniels, was interviewed and he was talking about Jim Carrey. He said one of the major gripes Carrey had with the movie, and it is, when I read this and then I watched the movie, it, it I, I can understand Jim's point of view. In the movie, he's afraid of bats, even though he loves all animals. Yes. Mm-hmm. That really stuck in Jim Carrey's crawl. He just could not. He thought the idea was chintzy. He argued with it. He wanted to at least be like, how can it? Maybe I just could be allergic to bats. Right. I am pet detective. I love all animals. And that set him off on the wrong foot with the I'm movie. not afraid of bats. And he, he just basically was not the most fun guy on set. Called in sick. What? Uh, <laughs> I just I can't stop. Um, no, please don't. I yeah, think that okay. would add spice to it because a lot of people are like, I wish I could get some sounds from from the uh, movie, you know. So both of you guys feel free just to yell them out your favorite catchphrases from the movie or from any of his movies. Like, why should we just, you know, why stick to one? Yeah, when there's so yeah. many good ones. I, I do. I, I want to be honest. I did lie. Uh, I have another lie that I told on this. When I Just, told you I've watched it within the last six years, I said that so I didn't seem unprepared for this because I really do take this invitation to be on here seriously. Mm-hmm. The answer is it was definitely more than 10 and it <laughs> Jesus. doesn't matter because I remember, I remember Guano. I remember literally every single thing about this movie because I feel like it never left my head. So yes. any any scene i did rewatch the scene where when he's on the plane and uh there is a a a flight attendant who has um a bit of a, a lisp and asks if he wants peanuts and he says uh thank you i have one right here which is just such a silly line that uh still made me laugh it's really interesting i it, we, comedically, if you find something funny when you're younger, what the chances are if it still stays funny to you, even though it doesn't match your standards for comedy today, you know? Yes. And, uh, but I am worried that that does match my standards for comedy today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that. Imagine if you go to see Blake live and then, you know, like 25 minutes in, you know, he's, he's, feels like he might be losing the crowd then all of a sudden he just completely cribs two two jokes from when nature calls like mm-hmm. word for word i do my set out of my ass <laughs> like from a branch <laughs> i was with i don't want to get too in the weeds with with stand-up comedy but years ago and i'm not going to mention any names i was doing a terrible show at like a i, I swear it was like a horse track or something like that i think it was maybe it was dover downs maybe it was it was like maybe it was a race track down there it was something Mm -hmm. terrible and there was i was the host i believe then there was the the feature act was this older comic and the headliner was a younger guy who i really look up to and he's actually a big writer blake you probably know he is i'm not gonna mention his name but like he writes on like every award show now very funny guy he Mm. uh was so incensed because and again this was like 2010 maybe the the middle act the older guy was literally doing fire marshal bill impressions <laughs> oh on God. stage and like he, he would do this thing he's like oh i had a dream last night that i got stuck in a bunch of tv reruns oh, so like that's the, his oh, way that he would go yeah, back nice. and he would do like homer <laughs> nice. he would do homer simpson he would do just like all of these old but he did 
And I remember that the headliner, the young guy, was just so incensed. He's like, he's stealing Jim Carrey's act. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not mm -hmm. like, like everybody knows it, but it's like, that's not like you're doing Christopher Walken, which is sort of old and done. That's just Christopher Walken. Like, Jim Carrey created Fire Marshal Bill, and now he's doing Fire Marshal Bill. Like, he was, and he was so angry about it. And it was, it was one of my <laughs> so favorite nights of comedy. That was that's a very. That's a very nice, subtle premise, though. Like, if you want to get some, steal some jokes, be like, I had a dream. Yeah. I was just dreaming that I was, I was on a 1940s radio show serial. It makes every single joke evergreen. I had a dream. Yeah. It, you know, it's even laser. Oh, I thought, I thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not even under the, the guise of a dream. Uh, I thought about this, actually. <laughs> I, wanted to t I wanted to say this. So <laughs> and then they go into the bit. So one thing that, or Jeff, do you still have some, uh, some fun facts? No, I got to Yeah. I'll, I'll pepper them throughout. Hey, we got okay. to pepper. Yeah, just... The one thing that, that Jeff and I were talking <laughs> about too, is that I've got to be honest, this movie was mm -hmm. not exactly, see, I didn't see it as a child. So yeah. I think that, I think that was a big part of it yeah. where I watched this film today and uh, I, 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 I watched it and I did, I enjoy, I can almost recite the original. Like I love mm -hmm. the original so much. I was even a teenager when I saw it, but still I watched it over and over and over again. I want to tell you this quick story. Yes. I was going through a dark time in my life in the early 2000s, right before I started stand up. I wasn't doing stand up yet. I was sort of lost. I had a teaching job. But I was very depressed and I was living back at home with my parents, you know, moved back from college, hadn't moved out yet. There was like a two year period. So I'm living at home with my parents. I have this job that I don't like. I'm not doing stand up yet. My brother is also living at home again. So it's just we just feel like we're just rudderless in this world. And Chip, if it, this is a 9-11 story, I don't want to hear it. It happened right <laughs> around that time. I know, I know that's right. <laughs> and uh we were my brother and I were both doing a decent amount of drinking at the time, and he was out with some friends, and they stopped at Blockbuster Video on the way home. And again, this is the early two thousands. He this, and my brother came in, and he was he had been drinking. He wasn't driving, but he had been drinking, and he comes in all excited, and he's like, "You're not gonna believe this." I this is when they were trying to unload VHS tapes because they were moving everything at Blockbuster to to DVD, and he's like, "I just got." Ace Ventura Pet Detective for $5 <laughs> on VHS. And I think I was drunk a little bit too. It was like a Friday night and I'm just sitting at home alone. Just drunk. Monday just night. Like, yeah, probably a Monday night. And it was like, oh my God, I haven't seen it in a couple of years. We loved Ace Ventura. Throw it in. We were so thrilled. We're like, finally a little light coming into my life. Mm -hmm. We throw it in. He was so drunk. We realized 30 seconds in that it was actually Ace Ventura when nature calls, oh. not the original. Oh, no. Yeah. And we got so sad and angry <laughs> because oh. we've never seen it. And to this day, we just turned it off immediately. We're like, no, we're not watching it. We wow. just can't do it. We were just so down, just just so we were so excited. There was just a moment in our lives where finally something good was happening. And, it and didn't. It, we just got shit on. And wow. that's why I've always had a problem with this movie. And I, to this day, never watched it until this afternoon. Devastating. Mm -hmm. Like my one question after watching it, I'm like, this movie was made for little kids. <laughs> like had to be main target audience for like little kids and maybe little some stupid kid. Little, little, no, why are you children. saying it like that? 
I don't know. I don't know why that is. Then maybe throw in a couple sexual innuendos, uh, masturbation scene. You know, the parents can enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, well, not just an innuendo. I believe a human being was sexually assaulted by an ape by in a, a bush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was one where it's like, oh, this is for kids. And then we'll think about I know it's a shaking bush, but let's they didn't show the actual situation. But like, I know it's a shaking bush, but that's implying that a man has been taken yep. advantage of so by, 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 a, by, a by a large primate yeah. if you want to see the dvd extras it gets very explicit they, they did just, put it in there which is yeah, they, crazy they yeah. really made him go through that too which is just method <laughs> mm-hmm. it's method acting yes he insisted okay but okay by the way i have a question yes it's something that i didn't i tried to logistically put this together and again i'm trying to logically put together ace ventura when nature calls but there was a very sexual joke that was the button of the movie, the final scene. Do you remember what it was, Blake? I don't. That they the the princess was married off to the prince. Oh. And then they found out that she was, let's just say, no longer pure. Yes. Yes. Because and she slept with, with Ace. Ace. But right? when did, did that happen in the movie though? It might have happened during one of the scenes I fast forwarded. Because I swear second act. She she actually came on to him. Yeah. And then he's mm-hmm. like, No, I'm a Buddhist now. I don't need that stuff. And then the next scene cut to, I thought, because it was behind some like leaves or whatever, but I think he was doing the hanky panky with himself. Yes, he was. So, so I made how does yeah. that even happen? Yeah, that, that normally they would show was, it that scene the next morning. She was deflowered. Mm. Wow. And that is really fun because I remember that too. And as a kid, I was like, oh, they I'm I'm sure they did the implying that uh you know yeah. as a kid I remember getting that, but yeah. knowing uh like consistencies in film and just standard, hey, does this gonna make sense to the average human being? That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and by the way, I should have said spoiler alert oh yes of course yes yes sorry people oh my god because a lot of people will be you know listening to the podcast and they'll be like dropping everything Mm -hmm. going to check out when nature calls guys prior to electing steve odekirk to direct the film right this guy uh a young spike jones expressed interest in directing the film no way Jim Carrey turned him down, citing lack of feature film experience as the main reason. And to this day, Jim Carrey rues that decision. Mm-hmm. I can it, see that. It would have been one of Spike Jones' first feature films. He might have handled it a little differently, maybe not as broad as a mm-hmm. uh, as a Steve Odekirk. I don't like that this guy's name is Steve Odekirk, and it's similar to Odekirk. Mm-hmm. He yeah. should have changed a lot more. Maybe he got rid of a couple consonants and vowels and just, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't have the. T- I don't have the time to, to to confuse them. Right. I'm glad you specified that because I did think you were. I was yeah. going to ask if it was a relation, but yeah. no. He's he's a he's a hack. And listen to this. Uh, prior to Carrie settling on Odekirk, much like Spike Jones, Bobby and Peter. Farrelly. How do you say oh. the name? Farley? Farley, Farley, I think. Yeah. Farley. I think it is. I think you had it. Yeah. We're offered a chance to direct Ace Ventura when nature calls, but the two men um, said no. 
Yeah, because it's not their property. They didn't write it, probably. Right, and they, and they wanted they wanted to keep their own thing going, but they were right. offered the role because they did Dumb and Dumber with him. They did what me, myself, and Irene with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Want to hear yeah. something uh, cool? You know which actor was originally this property, this uh, intellectual property, IP? We call it in the biz, the movie mm. biz. Um, it started in 1993. The script was going around like okay. before, you know, two years before. And uh, guess who they wanted to star in it? I'll give they- you a hint. Um, his career has gotten big at some times and other times it shrank. Brad Pitt? No. <laughs> I thought that was a Benjamin. J- was he oh. Benjamin Button? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he oh, was. But okay. I'm saying this guy, like, he got really big and then, like, honey, so he, he shrunk. Oh, Ri- Richard, Richard Moranis? Oh. Yes. He originally, it was a wow. vehicle for Rick Moranis. What do you think? Do you think he would have worked with this? I think it would have been such a, a bit different, a different film. The yeah. chemistry between him and Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that bothered me. Sorry, Blake. I, I don't mean to no, shit on your. Yeah. I don't yeah, mean to just... shit on your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Blake, here's your childhood. Now, Chip, just hover over. Yes. Just take a big dump just, on. on yes, young Blake. that's that's exactly what I'm going to do. Unbelievable. Nature, nature is calling right now. The, um, because the, I think that was a big part of the original was like him and Courtney Cox, uh, you know, ro- the romantic thing. And like, it was very, obviously it was set in the United States. It was, there was just a lot of characters and there was a lot of dialogue where I feel like this movie was, and going back to it, and it was, this is a great part of it, that f- the physical comedy is amazing, but there wasn't a lot, like, ba- I feel like he he didn't really talk to anybody almost. Like there, it was Yeah, just, yeah, you're right. Yep, it, yeah. It was, there he talked to people. He talked at people. Yeah. At and people, like yeah. there he did his catchphrases. It was almost like a sixth sense thing where it's like, oh, he if if it would have come out at the end that he was dead the whole time, I've been like, oh yeah, there was really no such thing as Ace Venture. He was dead the whole time. <laughs> Nobody saw him. Because there wasn't that human interaction between it was him and the animals, of course, but I, I feel like the way that the first one was shot, like most movies, it, it was very dialogue heavy, where this one, it was just let's just put him in this crazy scene and let's yep. make it happen. We don't make him yell out some catchphrases, make him yell out yes. some, you know, it's funny when you watch the movie with um, subtitles, like when he's doing his uh, William Shatner impersonation, he's looking out the window of the airplane yep. after the peanut scene, it literally says Shatner impersonation. <laughs> so it kind of helped me be like, Oh, he's, he's doing oh, William Shatner. I get okay. it. Okay. We get it. <laughs> I get it. Like I needed that little extra just to make sure. But yeah. I was hoping later on, like every every impression he did, it would be like you know, Bobby Slayton impression or you know something. Like that. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it goes from the broadest movie to the most specific, yeah, like the, comedic. Like oh, like, this, is that the pit bull of comedy, comedy that he's doing right now? <laughs> Bobby Slayton, yeah. Drake Drake Slather delivery. You know, just <laughs> it's. I'm I'm really, looking at. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please. No, it's like, and then you look the guy who like does the subtitles for movie, just this complete comedy nerd, just you know, yeah. bored. Yeah, Geechee guy impression. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at Steve Odekirk. Yeah, Odekirk's. Yeah, uh, IMDb right now, and it's it's a really it, it kind of shows how he got this directorial job in, in that oh, yeah. it's completely random. And 
so his screenplays, he was way more of a writer than he was a director. I think these are this is just one of maybe two or three large. I mean, this is by far the biggest movie that he directed. So after that, you know, he only directed a couple, but he did the uh, screenplay for Patch Adams. Yeah, which is really okay. interesting. Yeah. So which has absolutely nothing to do with this movie whatsoever tonally it's actually kind of the complete opposite then nutty professor which is very closer you have like a very you know big um uh literally in some cases um you know very big (laughs) comedy and also he was i believe a writer on in living color so that's probably how he got in touch with that uh, makes sense yeah What's his face? And then I remember he also Kung Pao Enter the Fist. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Was the most insane movie I think I've ever seen. I saw that as a teenager who I think that movie was for. And that was even, I'm like, this is too much. This is way too much. <laughs> yeah, this he wrote, crazy. directed, starred in a movie. That was his whole thing. That uh, Yeah. And he was a stand-up comic too when he started mm-hmm. out um yeah so uh boy i bet you no other podcast is 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 giving this guy as much uh time as we are they're fools no No. (laughs) (laughs) all of them are fools (laughs) what do you think jim carrey's highest grossing movie was guys highest grossing it's got to be one of uh i'm gonna say liar liar Liar, liar, number seven no 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 no, that's your only no you get a more guess i know it's a game show format Blake, let, you're let, up next. Chip choose. has number seven, liar, liar. It pulled in three hundred two million dollars. Can you can you do better than liar, liar? When did liar, liar come out? Uh, Nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Dumb and Dumber seemed like it was was it more of a cult following? And this is just box office, right? Yeah. Not DVD sales and Dumb and Dumber didn't even break his top ten highest yeah. grossing. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with. I'll just throw out the mask. Mass number two, great one. Wow. Yes, Blake. Great. Uh, can, can I can I get can I guess now again? Uh, as soon as I give the total, <laughs> Chip, please. Okay. The mass, nineteen ninety four, three hundred fifty one million dollars. And again, I'm not you know translating these numbers into today's box sure. office. Mm-hmm. I'm not a geek. No I'm need. Very no, cool. No, you're cool. Chip, you can guess again. Yeah, is it the Grinch? The Grinch number three. So Blake oh, still pick. in the lead. Very close. Three hundred. 45 million how the grinch stole christmas cat in a hat cat in a hat let's see no not even one of the top 10 movies now a lot of these are kids movies yeah whoa a lot of these are kids movies was it Uh, i'm gonna throw out man on the moon man on the moon nope not even not even this one is his uh yeah truman show is number 10 200 what if i said that's what i meant This are this was a thing I wanted to ask you guys. He did all these like really overt characters in all his movies, like over the top characters. Yeah. His first movie where he played an everyman was Liar Liar, probably in 1997. Yeah. Um, in 2003, he took over for God in this movie. His number one oh, Almighty. Evan on Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Almighty like put him in the stratosphere of like okay. comedic actors and he could do no wrong. Also, a Christmas Carol, Sonic the Hedgehog, one and two, Horton Hears a Who. Mm. And lastly, I wouldn't even call this his movie, but Batman Forever is in there. Yeah. Okay. So very bankable star back in the day, guys. Yeah, he is. Jeez. We touched on, I know you guys love catchphrases. I know I've seen yes. you both live and I know you do like to throw out a catchphrase or two. Yes. Not steal a whole bit. 
No, no, we but, have uh, pride. Pride. And I know, Blake, you start off the show with two like very spot on um, Jim Carrey catchphrases. Um, all righty then. Now, was that all righty then? That's his, to me, comes to mind as his number one. Was that originally from the first movie? Yeah, it's definitely it was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. he used it a couple times in this one. Spank you very much. Was that also another one? I don't believe that was in the original. No. No, that was saved for the writers like yeah. save this gem for the sequel. Yeah. Leave leave some in the chamber, they said. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, have you guys ever come close to having a catch catchphrase in your comedy careers? Where like something just hit so succinctly and you're like Maybe, maybe my next song I'm going to do was up again, right? Mine for a while growing up and also when I started comedy was please stop punching me. <laughs> I said that a lot. Not the face. Please, for the love of God, stop <laughs> punching me. I, Blake, I you seem like you might. It's funny. I was, <laughs> you seem, how dare you? Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I was even gun shy about having a callback for that reason so I, I think i was so afraid and chip and i have talked about this like a million times but I, I think there's a happy medium of you know willing to lean into certain things even if it's been kind of done it's okay to like tread on familiar territory as long as you have like a take that's true to you on it i think is, right. is kind of what we've talked about but you know i think i was such a little hipster of a comedian at the time where I'm like, well, if, if I do a callback, that's just a cheap trick. So, which it isn't, it can be a really funny comedic tool and the, a callback, you know, that's been, um, (laughs) just, you know, with morphine shot into its neck, you know what I mean? Is a catchphrase. So in, in my mind, so no, I, I never did it, but I mean, God, look at all the comedians and how rich they are. Where I don't even know what type of merch I would sell, you know, like like, right. a, like a lawnmower Blake, or something. Wake Wexler's line of teas. I'm not fat. I'm fluffy. Like just yes. Like it's it's not not going to get better than that. Like a yeah. good comedic catchers. What are it some isn't. other good? What are some other good ones? Uh, um, I, I you know in my early days sign. I used to say hey, yeah here's your sign that's a big yeah. one. Oops. I used to say and I sold bumper stickers. I I used to say these colors don't run or fade. Ooh, like that's that. a good one. A lot of bumper stickers, yeah. Yeah, that was that was part of your your, your joke about the war, all yes. of war, just war in general, and how it's mm. good. <laughs> exactly. This is the general. I'm butchering it, but it was very funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it justice, Jeff. Sorry. Would you uh, Would you consider just throwing in your act like like a really old catchphrase that you like? Like if I gave you chip i have like 50 dollars. you're about to go on stage and i'm like 50 dollars, chip if you get where's the beef somewhere somewhere 100 oh, mm-hmm. i would do that okay. yes well i 100 would do that yeah I, I like the ones that are so broad i, I feel like that those are like here's your sign mm-hmm. is so broad it could mean anything you know like i think mine would be something like you're telling me <laughs> and then I'm just picturing just thunderous laughter. Like you're telling me, and then you, that doesn't even have, you could wear that on a shirt and it doesn't yeah. even matter. Edit this out. <laughs> get, even get, get her done. Get her done means it means nothing. I, not, not nothing that I but everything. it means everything, but it yes. also means everything. Yeah. Nothing and everything all at once. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think we just unlock the mysteries of the universe. 
Ah, I love it. Guys, um, we give quizzes a lot of times, Blake, and um, a lot of them, a lot of them are really good. Chip and I spend a lot of time, Mm -hmm. really work our butts off Mm -hmm. weeks in prep. We, uh, we go to some, you know, like off night comedy shows, work it up, work it with the live crowd. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this, this is not that what I'm bringing up right now. This is, this is called a very easy and not very good Jim Carrey possible remakes quiz. And there's not many. Nice. All right. I will give it to Blake first. Blake, what would be the title of this remake where Meg Ryan and Jim Carrey are very good friends, but they fear sex would ruin the friendship? You've got male, M-A-L-E. That might be better than this one, Chip. Do you have a guess? This is Would it be when when Carrie met Sally? Actually, it'd be his full name. It's when Jim Carrey met Sally. Met Sally. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's when Jim I get Carrey. the game now. <laughs> you get the game. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how mad our guests get it. We had Aaron Whitehead, maybe the, the nicest, yeah. funniest, amazing, just kick ass guest. And we had her about four movie titles in mm-hmm. before she just stopped and goes, Oh, these are fake. Fuck you guys. Like, she got so. <laughs> she's so angry at it. She's like, I love puns. I love quizzes. If you told me it was a pun quiz, I would have got them right. And I'm like, oh, it was so great. All right, I'll give you another one, guys. An orphaned, orphaned man enrolls in a school of wizardry where he learns the truth about himself, his family, and the terrible evil that haunts the magical world. Do you know that one, Blake? Yeah, keep going. You're grace me with your presence. I, I, I'm not sure what it would be. Go, go ahead, Chip. I think I think it would just be Jim Carrey Potter. Yeah, Jim Carrey Potter uh, and the Sorcerer's Stone. To be I forgot. I forgot the game already. Yeah, <laughs> no, you I forgot. You're now. not. Okay. Yeah, the game is very, very specific. I'm back. You're back. Okay, mm-hmm. Chip. Two yeah. straight single Brooklyn firefighters pretend to be a gay couple in order to receive domestic partner benefits. I now pronounce you Chuck and Jim Carrey. <laughs> That's great. Now, Blake, I think you're comfortable. I think you know how this is going, where it's headed. The fiery uh, airplane crash of a bit this is. I hope you're comfortable now. Blake, the story of a controversial pornography. Jim Carrey Sullenberger. Oh, I'm sorry. You said fiery crash. I thought you were. I'm sorry. (laughs) The story of a controversial pornographer publisher and how he became a defender of free speech. The people versus Jim Carrey Flint. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's very important you get the exact title for us. So yeah. hard. It's so hard, but it's it's important to us. Two more guys. These are these are very, very easy and not good at all. Possible Jim Carrey remakes quiz. Uh Chip, a shy, friendless uh man who was sheltered by his domineering religious mother, unleashes her, his telekinetic powers after being humiliated by his classmates at his senior prom he's somehow at as a man. I believe that is just simply Jim Carrey. Yeah, but it's Carrey spelled C-A-R-R-E-Y. Spelled C-A-R-R-E-Y. Yeah. Right, yes, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> and, and luckily for everyone involved, this is the last one. <laughs> Uh, Blake, an examination of the machinations behind the scenes at a real estate office. I'll give you one more. Coffees for closers in this movie. Oh. Chip, I, I, I yield to Chip. Chip, what is it? 
uh, that is uh, Jim, Jim. Okay, hold on. Jim Carrey, Glenn Ross. Glenn, Glenn, Jim Carrey, Glenn Ross. <laughs> That's so good. So We're sticklers. Good. We we well literally done, force each other. Yeah, we make to each get other it exactly say, right. Exactly, or we right. won't end the bit. <laughs> and this is it. usually when all our guests are just so tired. Yeah, they're just they, they're they, just like they're tired, out. tired and mad. Yeah. No, I'm I'm wired. I feel I, I'm actually like remorseful <laughs> that I didn't uh, that I wasn't better at the game. No, it's we spring, <laughs> I, we spring I love it on it. people. It's not fair. Well, uh, <laughs> by the way, speaking of titles of of movies. Blake, this is not a uh, a quiz, but I'm going to mm. just give you some information that I did some behind the scene research. Of. So you're talking I, to me. Yes, I'm talking to you. I'm yes. going to teach you something that I really dug deep. I went like into the trades. I talked to some producers of this movie and like mm -hmm. uh, that were with the the uh, the, uh, the the movie studio. Um, so I but I found out most people don't know this, that this was actually, I believe, the fourth title the fourth working title that they went with. So it was, you know, of course it's Ace Ventura, when nature calls, which yes. is a play on words, of course, you know, when nature <laughs> calls, right. Um, uh, the, one of the original titles they actually went with was uh, Ace Ventura. I got to see a man about a horse. <laughs> That's a good, because, yeah. Because again, it's a euphemism for going to the bathroom, but it's also, a lot of syllables. but it's also animal related. Um, then there's, um, uh, Ace Ventura, uh, I need to powder my nose. They went with that one just for a slight time. That was like end of 94 mm -hmm. into 95. Close right. to the eighties. Yeah. And yeah. then right before they landed on Ace Ventura when nature, nature calls, they were actually for about six months, they were going with, uh, Ace Ventura. Oh God, I got to shit. I got to <laughs> shit so hard. I have to shit so hard. That would have ruined their their PG thirteen rating, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So they decided to go with Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. Wow. Yeah, I love it. That's a yeah. great history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's amazing what you can find. All you need to do is put in the work, Chip. Yep. Put in. I, put in the. Yeah. Uh... I pounded the pavement for that one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, speaking of pounding pavement, can we talk about something real quick? Yeah, yeah, I got in a fight with the band Pavement. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, just last. You took a pounding from Pavement. I, I did a pounding from Pavement. At yeah, their, it wasn't close. At, at their first show in 12 years, just last night, for those mm -hmm. of you how, listening. How <laughs> embarrassed would you be getting beaten up by Beat pavement? up by Pavement? Oh, my God. By the way, Pavement is my favorite band yeah. of all time. Hmm. So for so many reasons, I would feel mortified. if, Like, do you know what the band Pavement looks like? Yeah. I, I don't have the slightest idea. It would, it would be like, it would be worse than getting bludgeoned by Devo. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. like, yeah, because yeah, you know the lead singer of Pavement Chip is, of course, Stephen Malcolmus, who's like Malcolmus, and he barely puts any effort into his music. Picture right. him putting the less amount of effort into beating you up. Yeah, just be like, mm -hmm. oh, they are back together. Yeah, yeah, no, they just had their first concert last night, the first oh. concert in twelve years. I thought and you that were wasn't doing a, a bit. Yeah, that wasn't a slight against Stephen Malcolmus, but he literally. He doesn't care. Yeah. He, he just, he's like, here's an amazing effort. song. Here's the music. Here's the words. Mm -hmm. Meh. Meh. Yeah. Here you they go. Actually, that, and it, it's, and again, they are my favorite band of all time, mm -hmm. but Beavis and Butthead had it's the greatest. The, 
it's the greatest slam, but it, it describes exactly who pavement are when Beavis and Butthead were watching a pavement video, Beavis or one of, I think, Be- I think it was Beavis said, uh, or it was Butthead. He goes, uh, these guys have to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's, but it's exactly what their music is. And I love it so much, but they, uh, not, not, not an A for effort. Although I did oh. hear the show last night it was amazing. Nice. Was, um, I love that one of the things I love about pavement is one of their members, I'm blanking on his name, not spiral stairs case. The, uh, the one guy who just basically Bob. sings Bob, who, who just he does the percussion yeah, he, or whatever. Yeah. Ba- barely does percussion, but yes. you know, he, yes. he's just like the boss tone. Yeah. He's, he's the guy. The, he's the energy like this band, like, you know, they're just like slackers are really good, but he mm-hmm. is the boss tone of that band. Mm-hmm. Because they needed so they needed someone to like dance around on stage and inject them with a little energy and actually put a little effort in, and that's what he does. Speaking of effort, I want to give this movie credit for the opening scene. If you remember the Blake, do you remember the opening scene? What happened? Was it in the uh, the Buddhist? um, I almost called it a nun sanctuary. Uh, It would be a monastery. A a nun sanctuary. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. nun sanctuary is fun. Yeah, the the sister zoo. So Mm -hmm. um, it was. (laughs) It <laughs> the, the, the nun corral right yeah. before that. It was actually a very sad scene. He he tries oh, was to a res- sad scene. He mm-hmm. tries to rescue a raccoon. Yes. And the raccoon dies. Mm-hmm. And he but he's on this mountain. He's on the side of this mountain climbing and he's wearing like a, a German. Uh, what would you call that? The uh, lederhosen or whatever. Yes. But he's climbing and there's a helicopter and the whole thing. They zoom in on him climbing the side of a mountain and he turns around and Jeff, and you can explain to uh, Blake what a what a big Buffy is, but I was expecting the big Buffy. Yeah. And then he turns around it's and it's him. his face. But like you really zoom in from far away on a mountain. I don't like I don't know if there's a green screen involved. I, I don't thought know the happened. same thing, Chip. It was I watched the scene like seamless. three or four times because, mm-hmm. yeah, back in those days, it would just be like we talk about a big Buffy scenario. But like basically a big Buffy is. Back in the 90s, there was a show called uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's about five foot two, very petite. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever she had a fight scene, she'd go up against a large, let's say, undead person, a zombie, a vampire, troglodyte, an ogre, an orc. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could go on naming, but the, you know sure. what I'm getting at is the scene then would switch and showing her from the back fighting this monster. She's no longer a five foot two girl. It is literally like a five foot 11 guy with a V shaped back with the worst blonde wig you ever saw in a horrible dress and just pipes and just kicking ass. And then they cut and they show her face and they didn't even try. Like that show never tried. They're like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is our bread and butter. Keep her safe. Mark, get over here, put on the wig. Yeah. So now Chip and I are very cognizant of any scene mm-hmm. from movies of that era uh, where it's obviously a stunt person. So Chip, like you said, I was expecting a big Buffy. And then yep. when he just turns and smiles, you're like, no, that's him. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how they did it. If they, do you think he's like a, a Tom Cruise type person, Blake, you would know this being a big Jim Carrey fan where he does his own stunts. You, it's, I'm more of a Tom Cruise fan. Oh, but, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, that's really interesting. I, I don't know if I would have picked up on that at the time, but it's, 
I mean, you're talking about Sarah Michelle uh, Geller, Raphael, um, that <laughs> she was such a you know integral part of the show. You don't have the show without her. You don't have a movie without yep. <laughs> him. So I don't, th- I can't imagine they'd put him on a mountain, you know, but at the same time, you're right. How with film equipment then in those high stakes of a situation, how did they shoot that? So yeah. Yeah, that's a really right. good question. And it's pretty obvious the raccoon was a dog. It was a dog stunt person playing. Yeah, a it was a dog it was. and a raccoon outfit. <laughs> a stunt yeah. animal, not a stunt person, yeah. Jeff. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's a, here, <sighs> You can cut that. Um, yeah. it, it's funny. The scene that followed that, I think, actually holds up very well as the the guy who thinks everybody's going to miss him, but that they couldn't great. be happier that he's leaving is, yes. is a comedy trope that makes me laugh every, every single time. And oh. the celebration of and, and seeing it's so good. It's so good. And then he his just the way he he's wa- watching the slinky go all the way down and it stops in the second to last step. <laughs> uh, like, Mind if I do it again? And he's like, yeah, we're, we're kind of on a schedule. He's like, all right. Do you guys know what that scene, that mountain climbing scene was an homage to a film that came out about a year and a half before? Is that, I'm I'm guessing Cliffhanger? It is Cliffhanger. Was it Cliffhanger? Yeah, starring Sylvester Stallone, 1993. Boy, I went down a rabbit hole the other night. I, I, as I, as I want to do Mm. Sylvester Stallone, tiny Sylvester Stallone impersonator, Philadelphia. Cause Blake, at a lot of races in the years past, they would try to like, you know, like the Philadelphia half marathon marathon, they would try to have fun around it. And they would have little Rocky, the Rocky impersonator, like at the starting line. And at sometimes they'd be like, Hey, we got Rocky here to say, and he, he kind of looks like him and he just does like the worst and a very good impression. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say the worst, just like, yo, all you Adrians out there. Knock, knock them out. Yeah, it's yeah, a good kick. It, it, it's inspiring. Yeah, yeah, and, and people were just you know go nuts. But then, then I just started reading up, and he had like this movie in the can about like it was called like uh, the impersonator or something, and like all this press from like you know thirteen years ago. Movie never came out. The website no longer there. Maybe sad. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. There was so much hope for Little Rocky, but he had photos of him with sylvester stallone and like you know ben franklin impersonator and all the other things holding cheesesteaks and stuff well, but. and actually I, I feel like this is a little i should have told you this jeff before and you don't know this about blake and i feel this is going to get a little uh weird ten, tenuous for a second but mm-hmm. blake actually blake actually makes part of his living doing that <laughs> um he doesn't it's not mm-hmm. a it's not a rocky impression it's not a ben franklin impression but he goes around and gets and tries to charge a top dollar uh, for another famous Philly icon. He goes around as, uh, say, say it with me, Blake. Uh, he bills himself as Andrew McCarthy Drew, from 1987 movie Mannequin. Yeah, medium. I put medium in front of it instead of little or big. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> medium. He goes around as medium Andrew, Andrew McCarthy from from the movie mannequin set in philadelphia Mm -hmm. of course of course yeah no we're um i'm i'm in the red i uh, (laughs) i'm under a horrible i'm in a horrible amount of debt i really thought that would take off in a way that it uh it has yet to but it will it will yeah for sure chip what about you if you had to let's just say times are tough 
there's a demand for a certain Philadelphia and that you think you could pull off. Oh, well, Chip has done one as well. If I can say, yeah. Chip, are you ready? Yeah. yeah. On three. Should we say it together? One, one two, two, three. three. Eddie Savitz. Savitz. Eddie yes. Savitz. Um, yes. Yep. It's one that's not very popular at all. No. People are off put by it. Mm-hmm. They are, um, yeah, they're disgusted. So I I've read reviews. I, I think the reviews I read of that was he wasn't invited. I don't know why he's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a shit show. It was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, which is actually funny, Blake. Is it? Because they actually made a documentary about me doing this. And it's actually called Eddie Savitz when nature calls. Wow. So, um, yeah. yeah. No, no lawsuit, nothing. Just no. they let it, they let it happen. They yeah. let it go. Yeah, they let it fly. They're like, it's, it's easier if we just let this <laughs> exist and not draw more attention. Speaking of, and I hope uh, I'm not blowing up her spot right now, but um, th- this, this is actually, this is the honest God truth. And t- she will not come on and do it because she hasn't had a few drinks. Uh, but my wife does, an impression and it's a spot on dead on impression of a famous Philadelphian. Uh, and this is the honest God truth. Do, do either of you know a, a TV personality? Oh, um, I will say deceased, uh, deceased, oh, deceased television personality, Larry Ferrari. Uh, no, but you're, you're, you couldn't be more close. Oh, oh is it that Connie Chung? <laughs> no, <laughs> You're so angry. Somebody's not a uh, I Was it? Is it Al Albert? Okay. Yes. Yes, and no. And yes, it is. It's actually she does an impression of a child on the Al, Albert, the Al Albert show, telling oh, a joke. That's and amazing. It's, it's it's really pretty good. And I told her she should take it on the road, but she uh, she refuses. Watching Al Alberts when he has all the little kids telling jokes. Yep. That's that's fantastic stuff. It right is. There. It is amazing. Some of the jokes are pretty good. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are might see him in one of your acts. Mm-hmm. Imagine very... if you just cribbed like three jokes straight from from Al Alberts. Yeah, yeah. And 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 if you do that in Philadelphia, there'd be two people from like you know, Upper Darby who'd be like, "Yo, I know those jokes." Yeah, <laughs> call you out on it's it from Al Alberts. I was right? my niece was a teeny baba. Yeah. <laughs> I by the way, I have the dumbest joke that I I just I I heard it a couple weeks ago. A couple months ago, I guess, and I still can't get it out of my head. It's my favorite dumb joke, and I think it's great. You guys have probably heard it, but I'm going to tell it right now. Uh, and just re- just reply with what, of course. Here, 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 here's the joke. Hey, what's what's so great about Switzerland? What? What? I don't, I don't know, but their flag's a big plus. This is fun. <laughs> it's a fun, it's a it's fun, a perfect fun joke. joke. It is a perfectly constructed <sighs> joke. That's so good. Yeah, that's awesome. And it has to be. P- <laughs> I messed up the. I, I'd retell that joke and I go, I don't know, but their flag's a big addition symbol. <laughs> like, no, I don't think that translates. <laughs> By the funny. way, okay, uh, so I, I heard this. I heard it's just a street joke, you know, of course. And I heard it a couple of, uh, I, a couple of heard, but I think I heard Blaine Capatch tell it on, who's like the funniest guy. I mm-hmm. heard him tell it on a on a podcast, and it was, you know, and it's just like a great. Uh, he was doing like a dad joke, and it's like such a great dumb dad joke. And I and I've never done this before ever. But I had a corporate gig last week and they were just like, uh, like, I didn't know like how it was going to go. And uh, uh, I, I just set it up wrong where I was like, I let's because I just wanted to get, you know, you know how corporate gigs go where you just got to mm-hmm. get their attention. Got to go. I was like, I right off the bat, I got a dumb joke for you. Here we go. Everybody, here's the dumb joke. I was like, what's so great about Switzerland? And then people just started listing things. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, neutrality. Chocolate, chocolate. Cheese. And then I was like, I screwed up. I, I asked it wrong. And I was like, I, and then I, the whole show got away. The beautiful I, Alps. They have four they were, official languages. It is they, an amazing co- country chip. Thank you. Let's yeah. talk more about it. And everybody's like, yeah. Yes, are you, are you Swiss chip? Yes. Who's that Swiss comic? Yeah. Oh, and you're the Swiss comic. But luckily, I luckily I was able to pull it off, and they were they were very very nice after that. That's uh, it. Right. That's they were, they were actually a lot of. They were actually a very fun crowd. That's a pretty strong. Opener. But I, I thought I I asked it wrong, and then I was like, oh no, I did yeah. it wrong. And then uh, I was like, I've already lost. That probably made it funnier. Like I, <laughs> I can see you leaning into it, and it just is, yeah, that's awesome. Is that a cardinal sin of of when you really don't want any sort of participation, like asking a question that they could possibly answer oh, like absolutely because it'd be, especially if you, you got a couple of cocktails in you and oh, like man. by the way it wasn't the audience's fault that they asked right, it because right. i you... asked it wrong right. and they it but but when you ask a rhetorical question you mm-hmm. always have to because if somebody's got a couple drinks in them they think they don't know the word rhetorical they think it's a real yeah. question so they answer so you have to be ready for that so what i always do is i always I always couch a rhetorical question in a statement. Yes. So that's like, instead of being like, Hey, smart. so uh, do we have any married people here? Or like, do you guys like, you guys like chocolate, you know, you know, something like that. Do you guys like <laughs> chocolate? And the people are like, yeah, or whatever. The I'll be like, like, instead of being like, Hey, do we have any married people here? And then do it. I would just be like, I don't know if we got married people here, but I'm married. And like that, oh, it's so like, smart. There I don't know go. about you guys, but I love chocolate. So it's like, I, I, I hook them oh. in, but I don't allow them to answer a question. Yeah. That's really yeah. smart. Yeah. That's like uh like on Twitter, when you literally forget to change the question to a statement and mm-hmm. then you're like, Oh, send. Oh fuck. That was no, a question. No, and then no, you're like, no, no, no. It's and then come out the 15 least funny people who follow yeah. you. And then you're just like, all right, so it's the fifteenth person deleted. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of fun, but just that that skill set of like, how do you turn a question into a statement? Here, mm-hmm. Here's how you do it. Chip's like, here's five different very good ways to do that. <laughs> my my favorite thing is if there is a chatty crowd member that I think I can put down, you know, yeah. like, and, and by put down, I mean, right. put to sleep, put to um, death. Yeah. Super hold. <laughs> and, uh, or, or, and by that, I mean, like in, in a way, gently make them be quiet is, is, yes. is actually no bit. What I mean by that is, right. I will ask a question of them and then it'll be quiet and then they can hear themselves <laughs> speak That's or awesome. they get nervous and they realize that people can hear them speak. And I would say, like eight times out of 10, nine times out of 10, that takes care of it. Unless to Chip's point, it's later in the night, people are drunker, then there's no self-awareness whatsoever. And I, that's when I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's when, that's when you start making eyes at security, uh, you know, for them, for them to handle it. But boy, oh boy, did I enjoy a recent clip of yours where I see, saw you completely flummoxed. You were at a loss for words, which is rare when you got hit on Yes. During during a set. That was that was awesome. Oh, thank you for watching that. That was very strange because I don't have that doesn't happen. Right. So it seemed like <laughs> you literally were like, 
oh my dear, dear yeah, it was, <laughs> that's what i was trying to do because there is you're aware of the dynamic of like yeah you know male on stage female mm-hmm. in audience and yep. when like a male comic hits on women it's always so disgusting to me because yeah. of that like power dynamic and it's just not what you're there for <laughs> you know as yeah. well as a different thing so i was very aware of that also as on a human level you know, I, I'm very much taken human being, you know, very happily fiancéd and wouldn't want her to ever feel weird, you know, and then I was I was literally blushing. So I tried oh, to great. make the joke about my about something else within It was a great world. redirection. You did so, a great job. You. It was so fun. It was that. so. And then I really thought you kind of put her away. And then she just came back with another little like compliment at the end, like. <laughs> like another like another really like over like oh you're so hot or something you're like oh <laughs> it was it was too it was too much yeah it was <laughs> it was just too it was, it was too hot to handle and jeff, you can buy the way buy that? that clip you can buy that clip for twenty dollars <laughs> on my website <laughs> jeff every uh, night is this like an every night thing i uh, know that's never happened live? but <laughs> I, but i do have a new tool in my chest if i need if i need to mm-hmm. oh that's yeah. great um I know we're talking a lot about Jim Carrey, but it is amazing when he got huge, like with these movies, like I gave you that 94 to 2000 it's run. He was literally put up. These, these are not, it's not a dumb quiz. It's not some horrible bit, but he was thought of for all these roles. I think earlier, Blake, you mentioned, uh, Oh no, you mentioned fat bastard and fat bastard was Mm -hmm. from Austin powers. Oh, yes. Was, okay. It was right? Austin yes. Powers, right? I, got, I don't know I, why that took me so long. Yeah. yeah. He was originally cast as Dr. Evil, International Man of Mystery, 1997. He had to drop out due to a scheduling conflict with Liar Liar. Really? Wow. I can't imagine anyone even coming close to doing the justice that Mike Myers did to Doc. Dr. Evil is one of the just greatest comedic roles ever. Yeah. Never get tired of it. Um, but it's so weird to think that it could have been Jim. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I am wrong. Um, mm-hmm. What I was about to say is that there was a scene where I think they do a fake Austin Powers movie within the movie, but I believe Kevin Spacey plays oh. Dr. Evil within that. In I my mind, I was that. like, how cool would it be if it was Jim Carrey? Honestly, not that cool, but it yeah. would have made this whole diatribe that I'm on right now remotely relevant. <laughs> Well, you're also a huge Kevin Spacey fan to this day. Yeah. I and I know that you you love his work. And you're a Spacey you, cadet. Isn't that what you call yourself? You're yeah, a he's a Spacey cadet. Spacey been cadet. The Spacey. He's, he's yeah. always on Twitter just you know. Spacey Wax uh, is the uh, is my is my website, and it's also run by a total maniac. Um, but so he I, this, again, I know I'm sorry, I'm I'm taking us on another tangent, nope. but the take away the actual serious horrific things that that man has done this is yeah. not good either i'm just making fun of him but are you talking about k-pax y- yes <laughs> and I, I i just couldn't follow it for the life of me i couldn't no. follow it um but they it's so it was just oscar bait the whole time it's oh, like it's, it was, it was so it was so oscar transparent bait, yeah. but he posted a video i believe after the uh those horrible the allegations of the horrible things that he's mm-hmm. done came out and he was he had already been fired off house of cards for years i think at this point and it was right i believe he released it on christmas day or christmas eve it was him in character 
as the like the vice president from House of Cards, talking about how people are after him in the same cadence yep. and in character of a show that he's been fired from. And it's the most bizarre, the, the most mentally bizarre thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And just the thought process of doing and doing that is who shot it? Who, did he write <laughs> it, it? It must have been written. You know, because yeah, it was it was very tight. <laughs> go on, go on IMDb. You can find out who shot it. I'm sure yeah. they list the credits. <laughs> can you imagine? I was the PA on uh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey's weird video. <laughs> now is the perfect time, uh, Jeff, to unveil. To we always get our guests a gift, and our gift oh. to you. Speaking of Ken, Kevin Spacey, we actually shell out the money, Blake. We got you a cameo. And uh, here's the video right now, Mr. Kevin Spacey as the uh, vice president. Uh, roll, roll tape, Jeff. Uh, uh, I had a tech problem here, Chip. You know what? We'll, okay. I'll add it post. Other roles, he was up for Captain Jack Sparrow, which I could kind of see him doing that. Okay. Wow. He's got that, that mm -hmm. crazy manic, you know, mm -hmm. side to him. This is a great one. Boy, did he dodge a bullet. He was offered the lead role in the movie Master of Disguise 2002. As you know, is Was that Dana Carvey? Dana mm -hmm. Carvey as a frog. Yes. Like that's what you always see Master mm -hmm. Disguise and it's Dana Carvey in the face mm -hmm. paint as a frog yeah. doing probably a George Bush impression. Yeah. It's it's sad that he was, spoiler alert, too turtly, or he wasn't turtly enough for what, the turtle he club. <laughs> I think was very upsetting. Turtle, turtle. Another one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Oh, may, may I say, uh, well, this isn't a positive, but I do want to shout out um, Simon Callow, I believe is what yep. his name is. He played the bad guy. And again, I hadn't seen this movie in over 10 years, you know, 10 at the earliest. And yep. my fiance and I just started watching uh, Outlander. And uh, it was a show that was on Stars, might still be on Stars, but um, it aired, it's on Netflix. And it's this you know, travel through time, romantic drama thing. And he pops up in it at, in a fairly major role. And I hadn't seen him in anything since this movie. And he is such an, an absurdly over-the-top actor that with actors like that, you generally don't see them in too many things, you know, because it is a very specific Type, yeah. almost a character actor but not in the traditional generally character actors are like you know the gruff guy or the right. you know the nerd guy or whatever but this he is so like just flamboyantly odd in, in this way and he's essentially the same exact man from Ace Ventura <laughs> but it, it came out like 17 years later you know like 20 years later and if, if you've seen Outlander, that's the same exact guy. He plays the Duke, the Duke of Sandringham. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I was so happy to see him. It was like seeing an old friend in, in, the, uh, in the show. Well, you know, someone was a fan of that movie, like casting mm -hmm. or producer, like, hey, I, I, want, I, I know a perfect guy for this role. Um, I'm going to get him, and he's going to be the exact character from that because I liked him so much doing that. That's his audition tape, an yep. hour and a half, that hour and a half of the whole movie of When Nature Calls, and that's how we casted him. Guys, could you picture Jim Carrey in the lead role of 2003's Elf? Oh, yeah. 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 I can see him doing that. Yep. Uh, also slated to be the lead in Meet the Parents, the Fockers movie. Oh, Ben Stiller's role. Okay. Yeah. And one huh. last one. 
I can't believe you turned this down because, you know, turned down the role of John Arbuckle in Garfield, the movie 2004. Of course, the role went to Breckenmeyer. Ah, good old BM. <laughs> <laughs> a good uh, Breckenmeyer thing was uh, he started in a TV show with Zach from Saved by the Bell. They mm-hmm. played, uh, it was called um, Two Guys Names. I'm blanking out on it. Not, it's, was it Rizzoli and Al? No, not Rizzoli and Isles. It's the joke whenever you need like two Sma- people. Yeah, smash Reckon and, and Meyer. Reckon and Meyer. It smash is, and, oh, yeah, wait, let's, let's play this game. Oh, Starsky on, and Bash. Franklin and Bash. Franklin yes. and Bash. Your dog's Franklin name. and Bash. My dog's name. So, so of course, my friend's, um, my friend's mom on Facebook. On Facebook, I'm basically, I, I'm fr- I, I stay on Facebook just to show my aunts what a very good boy I am. Yes. Mm. They're, they're my number one audience. <laughs> and um, uh, Winnie asked, and my friend Dave's mom said, just out of the blue, she's like, you remind me so much of that guy from Franklin and Bash. It's scary. And I'm like, uh, I, I really hope she means Zach. Is it Franklin Bash. or Bash? It, it, it was the little guy. It was Bash, yeah. I guess. I'm yeah. Sorry. Breckenmeyer. Because he has like, you know, a kind of big nose, little beady eyes and, yeah. you know, weaselly. And so I'm like, hey, thanks, Miss Yaston. Ease up on yourself, Jeff. <laughs> Snake like, de- deceptive, duplicitous <laughs> little fuck. Scaly skin. He unhinges his jaw. He eats goats. You know, Nazi saying. sympathizing, <laughs> jaundiced ass. <laughs> Well, that's how I took it, you know. Right. She's like, "Oh no, he's cute. He's little. He's fun." I'm like, really? "You're not my favorite friend's mom anymore." It was. I felt bad unfriending yeah. her, but you know what I mean. Well, mm-hmm. you, you, you fuck up on Facebook. Do. That's what you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. she bashes you. You got to give her the old Franklin. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Blake, what do you have coming up, buddy? <sighs> Ice cream. Gonna eat nice. some ice cream. Are I you? think I've, I've been a good boy today. I think yeah, I'm gonna definitely. reward myself. If yeah. there isn't any in there, it's gonna be hell. Uh, but no, I have. Um, uh, let's see. I'm gonna be in St. Louis at the Helium there at the end of September, last day of September, first day of October. And then I have a podcast called Blake's Takes for God's Sakes. I love that and- title. Yeah, it comes out every Wednesday for whatever reason. And also, I'll be doing a podcast uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'll be co-hosting a podcast with them um, that should hopefully come out later this later this summer. So I'll, I'll post about that on my social media, at Blake Wexler, on, uh, on everything. BlakeWexler.com. That's where you can go and get all the links, right? Or Thank you can you, just yes. follow at Twitter, at Blake Wexler. And it's very mm-hmm. easy to spell. It's B-L-A-K-E-W-E-X-L-E-R. Thank you. We try not to have guests with like too much of a mouthful of a name. Of course. Now, we've had um, one of my favorite comedians, Andrew Overdahl, on. And, mm-hmm. and his his last name was a bit of a mouthful. And I, I still feel bad. We will I, never, ever have him back. Yeah, he knows. It was on him. It wasn't yep. so much on me. It's his fault. He's so funny. I'm a... Blake, I'm excited for the Eagles uh, podcast. That sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited too. I don't even know if it's a thing I should bring up, but you know. I, I don't, but I have a question do? for it. Like yeah. you probably would have to wear some Eagles gear. I don't know. Do you have any sort of sports type clothing? Like I, <laughs> I have one or two articles of clothing on that, right now that are not the, sports related the other eight hundred thousand pieces of eagles uh clothing are yeah are in my closet a few feet away from me and yeah they're, they're always they're do, always nearby I, I do love like you know there's sneaker heads people who are really into like just 
different sneakers, but Blake, you I, like, how would you, would you consider yourself like an apparel head, a, a, a team, like, you know, there's gotta be a term for people like you who, you know, who, who just love to wear the, the colors, the, yeah, I would, I've I seen would say you wear idiot I, with finance uh, is, 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 is a term that's thrown around. Um, yeah, I just lo- it's funny. I used to wear it a lot. I mean, God, what if I just talked about this for twenty God, minutes? I would. And I would I'm wrapped. <laughs> uh, it, it was what it is. I love wearing Eagles stuff, and it's weird. I used to wear it a lot more when I wasn't in Philadelphia because I think I when I was living in L.A. I think it was a way for me to kind of feel yeah. like part of me was still here. And mm-hmm. but then I started going to therapy, and uh, I've been buying <laughs> a lot less. So yeah, it's uh, it opened. I my do remember mind. seeing pictures of you like a cafe with your uh, fiance in L.A. and you have like a full on Eagles helmet on. Yeah, and I'm like, course. how is he getting the, the coffee? But it's, it's one of the old timey ones with yes. just the one, the, just, just the, the one bar, like a punter. Much easier. <laughs> yeah, they give the punter the one with the least protection because we don't give a shit about it. Yeah, now yeah. punter's like, I got no thing. They're like, that's fine. I it's, just have it's a. It's okay. This is this is made out of leather. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I it's st- headgear. I still remember being very impressed with Blake Wexler. I I believe he went off to college and came back like on break or whatever and did a show, did an open mic or whatever. And I remember thinking to myself, honestly, I was like, oh my god. He's not wearing basketball shorts on stage. <laughs> he is great. He's matured as a comic. I blossomed. Yeah. <laughs> basketball shorts, such a good look for so many people. You know what I mean? Always. Super long shorts, about three inches below the knee. I think especially, luckily you guys are tall gentlemen. But for like, you know, a guy who's, you know, not that tall, that's a great look. I mean, it's just it's really, really good. really good, solid. Yeah, it elongates your body. I found it's like pin. It's like you know pinstripes in that it yeah. really yeah. makes you. It's <laughs> look like a sport. Yes, <laughs> Chip. On on the converse of that, you don't own one piece of sports clothing, do you? I own. Actually, I own two. Whoa, that's it. I own. I I have a Phillies T-shirt, but it's literally 15 years old, and I I shouldn't use it anymore. It's like full of holes. Um, I own a just a very basic gray t-shirt with a f- the old 80s philadelphia eagles emblem nice. on it yep. i have that and i also do have a um a an eagles jersey that i wear during games really it's my, maybe my favorite thing right blake do you know who whose jersey i have i do know i do know. Uh, can i say can i guess yeah go mm-hmm. ahead why don't we on a count of three one yes two three mike mamula mula mula i can i, I give another that, guess that's a good yep, one yeah another, i count of three one, One two, three. two, three. Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey. <laughs> it is Cody Parkey. Is it really? Eagles kicker Cody Parkey, who was the, their kicker in what, maybe like 2016-ish the, or so? The double doink. Was he the guy? He was the double doink. Yes. The double yes. doink yes. From, from the, when he was playing for the uh, the, the Bears. I yeah, so, I got Yep. I, I, I promise I won't keep you. You hit on a topic that. No, oh, like, I love you know, it. I love it. I was um I was doing this oh here's another thing to plug I I did this charity bike ride the other day uh, that the Eagles did called the Eagles Autism Challenge and oh, nice. that there's a donation link uh in all my social media and stuff it's a great cause so that's that's why I was uh why I was doing it but before while I was there the team shop was open so I went in it obviously <laughs> and um they had used like game worn practice jerseys and stuff from players who used to play there mostly like no names so the no name players were like 
40 bucks, you know, yeah. and then the, there was another level of guys that you might have heard of and Cody Parkey's jersey was on there, but they're all worn, like have been worn by them. So it's tailored to their bodies. And when I was shopping for things, I had to think of what type of player football player has a similar body to my own because I, I couldn't. Yes, go ahead. Howie Roseman. How we wrote that is exactly right. I bought one of his blazers. Um, and <laughs> so, but Cody Parkey was there, blazers. and he's so much thinner than I am, where I couldn't even fit into that. And he put that over pads, which was crazy. Jeez. That's how small this guy was. He's a little, he's a petite little fella with the little, one, yeah. hell of a, one hell of a leg, mm -hmm. yeah, one hell of a leg, petite oh. little fella with one hell of a leg. <laughs> That's his Twitter bio. That's the only reason I know it. It is. It is. <laughs> Chip, where can we see you? What's going on, buddy? Uh, you can see me on Twitter and Instagram at Chip Chantry. Yes. And uh, that has all my uh, my upcoming yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah I, I will be at uh, I'll be at the Punchline Comedy Club Ooh, in, nice. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on drumroll, please. Um, June 9th, 10th and 11th. Ooh, I'll be there. Perfect. Yeah. That's a good time to see you. Weather awesome. is perfect. Yeah, June 9th, 10th, and 11th. I'll be there. Yep. Fantastic. Blake, how, about always... you, how about you, Jeffrey? Oh, Where let's see. Um, I got to uh, power wash a deck. I got that coming up. Nice. Um, and then I have to fix the deck gate. And mm -hmm. then I think there's a patch in the backyard that's not really, not much going on there. I think I got to put down some very grass-friendly soil. Yeah. Seed it. Maybe shade. sod. Maybe put some sod. I down. can't do sod. Ooh, I I, no, no, no. I can't take the rest, Chip. I, no. I like to go <laughs> get some sun and shade. Um, maybe some fescue grass. Plant that, mm -hmm. and just hope for the best. I mean, that's yeah. that's basically what I got going on. Yeah, I get it. I get God, it. I'll be thinking about you, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Thoughts yeah. and prayers. Yeah. Blake, we like to end the show with you have to tell a young person a young millennial, you have to sell them on watching Ace Ventura when nature calls. They're like, hey, Blake, great set. We had a great time at your show. Do you know any cool movies we could watch that were important to you when you were growing up in your formative years and made you the person you are now today? As a matter of fact, yes, I do. And it has everything that you could possibly want from a tale. It starts out with tragedy, death, religion, culture travel then we go to africa i believe that's where it is and we have we're on the serengeti there's um poaching horrible treatment of animals an issue that still plagues us today even some presidential families do it as well and now the former presidential families and so we have that we have that situation we have some of the greatest physical comedy you'll ever see in your entire life we have a man who I know that interspecies sexual relationships have been frowned upon in various contexts throughout history. This one, I think we can only, you know what? I just remembered it's a robot, so we're good, <laughs> but not an actual, not an actual rhinoceros, <laughs> but a man is birthed from a rhino. The family behind him doesn't know that no. is birthed out of a rhino in one of the pretends to be a rhino is naked because it was hot inside the rhino in one of the most iconic scenes in cinema history and earned this movie every single one of its 25 percent 
on Rotten Tomatoes. It was an incredible scene. It ends in a very exciting way. There's tribes, you know, there's Tommy Davidson is in this movie, um, which I did not know until I looked up the IMDb page. It is uh, one of the more captivating, it's, it's laughs from end to end. And that could be a butt joke as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, I'm really glad you enjoyed my set. And if you enjoyed my set, my Lord, are you going to love this movie? Because there is a ton of overlap. Right, let's, let's give him a round of applause. Blake Wexler, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you, Blake. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, check out Chip Trantry at Chip Trantry on Twitter. Blake Wexler at Blake Wexler on Twitter. And guys, I'll be seeing you uh, soon. Thanks for hanging out. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye.